Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Rick. But the Bible says this, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Everybody say the Lord's will. Everybody say the Lord's will. Yeah, and what is the Lord's will? The next verse, do not get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with who? Yeah, with the Holy Spirit. One more passage, Acts 13. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. We'll stop right there, grab a seat at all of our campuses, yeah? And I want to set things up by sharing this with you. A few weeks back, a few weeks back I went to the mall with my youngest daughter, granddaughter, Ariana. We went to the falls. By the way, she's four years old. And yeah, and while we were at the falls, we went into this store called American Girl. Yeah, how many of you have ever been in American Girl? Yeah, let me tell you, for little girls, this store is awesome. This store is amazing because there are literally hundreds of dolls, baby dolls, teenage dolls. Every one of these dolls looks different. Every one of these dolls has its own name. And I just, I mean, Ariana just, yeah, Ariana loves it. <laughs> because you can go in there and you can, you can in the store, you can play with all of the dolls that are there. You can actually take the doll over to like a little restaurant and have me, a meal with your doll. You can get your doll's hair done. <laughs> I mean, there are, there are all kinds of theme dolls. There are dolls of all races and cultures and eras. And Ariana and I just laugh and have so much fun in that store. In fact, this was our visit. Take a look. Hey, baby. Hmm? Tell mommy, say, this is a baby alive store. Tell her. Baby alive store. It's not American Girl, is it? What is it? Not not. Who's there? It's me. Is this your house? Yes. How oh, pretty. What are you doing today? I'm getting some shoes on to this baby dolls on oh, them. Oh, how cool is that? But baby alive. Oh. Is that baby alive? Yeah. I don't know why she thinks that's a baby alive store for some reason. But folks, stay, stay in the story because as Ariana and I were laughing and having fun, a younger couple from Christ Fellowship came over where we were and struck up a conversation. And folks, check this out. The husband, they had their little girl there, by the way, as well. But the husband, as we were chatting, he says to me, he says, Rick, I wish I were more like you. To which I said, what do you mean by that? He said, you always smile. You always are happy. 
To which his wife chimed in. She said, yeah, we've kind of been over here off to the side watching you interact with Ariana and play with... And we were talking about how you always seem happy. You always seem to have a smile on your face. And then she added this, talking about her and her husband. She said, neither one of us are gifted that way. As if I had some sort of gift of happiness. Now, folks... I didn't even know how to respond to that, to tell you the truth. But as they were walking out the door, I thought to myself, I thought, I didn't get to tell them the whole truth. You see, see, the truth is, I am happy. The truth is, I do like to smile. But the whole truth is, I can be as sad as anybody in this room. I can, I can compete with you on anxiety at every level. I can get as discouraged as anybody in this room. You see, that lady, that girl was thinking, she was thinking, you know, Rick was born with a smile on his face. Rick was born happy. Or to use her vernacular, Rick is gifted for happiness. But folks, the fact is, I'm not gifted for happiness. But let me hasten to add, I am skilled for happiness. And there's a difference. You see, being gifted means you have an ability that you're born with. Being skilled means you have an ability that you've learned. And there's a difference. Let me, let me give you an illustration of this. This is LeBron James. How many of you know who he is? Yeah, LeBron James, listen, listen, he is a gifted athlete. And by that, I mean this guy was born to be big. This guy was born to be tall. This guy was born to be strong. He's gifted that way. This, on the other hand, is Steph Curry. (laughs) What a difference, right? He's not gifted big. But listen, listen, everybody heads up. Steph Curry has learned some basketball skills that make him a nightmare to people like LeBron James. In fact, LeBron James is out of the playoffs. Steph Curry's still going. (laughs) Now, folks, just like that, just like that, I am not gifted for happiness, but I have learned some skills for happiness. Skills that make me happy even when times are tough. Skills that keep me happy even when stage three colon cancer come. Skills that have been passed down to me by my father. Specifically, my father in heaven. In his word, yeah. And folks, here's my proposition today. This is what I want all of us to walk out the door with. This is so life-changing. Listen, happiness is a skill that you can learn, not necessarily a gift you have to be born with. Let me say that again. Happiness is a skill that you can learn. And what I love, love, love is our Heavenly Father loves to pass the skills of happiness onto His children. You might be saying, well, Rick, what are those skills? Because I need them. Well, we're going to find out as we unpack this passage in Ephesians chapter 5 
and one in Acts chapter 13. At all of our campuses, how many of you have your listening guides? Folks, this is one you're going to want to take notes on. So I want to give you four critical skills for what I would call sustainable happiness. Sustainable happiness, four critical skills. Here they are if you're writing them down. Skill number one, assume the best about God. Assume the best about God. Now, folks, the reason I say that is because, listen to this, Satan wants you to assume the worst about God. Satan wants you to believe the worst about God. Satan wants you to believe that God is mean, that God is a killjoy. Satan wants to get into your imagination. He loves to play there and get you to imagine that somehow you've done something wrong and you have ticked God off and now God, his will is that he, he wants you to be miserable. He he wants you to think that God's will is that God wants you to be filled with anxiety. God wants you to be filled with depression. That's what Satan wants you to assume. But you see, the fact is, write this down as A. You want to know what God's will is? God's will for your life is for you to be filled with joy. That's his will for every person in this world room. His will is for you to be filled with joy. Let me show you what I mean. Listen to Ephesians chapter 5 again. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. God wants you to understand his will. And what is his will for you? Watch this. Do not get drunk on wine. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. You might be saying, well, wait, 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 hold on, Blackwood. That didn't say be filled with joy. That said be filled with the Spirit. And you're right. But here's what you need to know. Being filled with the Spirit is not an end in and of itself. In other words, it's not like, go be filled with the Spirit. Okay. Now what? As if that's the end. To the contrary, write this down as B. This is so important. Being filled with the Spirit is God's way of filling you with joy. Being filled with the Spirit is God's means of filling you with joy. You can see that by looking at the effect of being filled with the Spirit. So look at verse 19. Verse 18 says, be filled with the Spirit. Here comes the effect of being filled with the Spirit. What's the first word? Everybody say it. Yeah, singing to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. What's the next word? Sing. Sing and make music from your heart. Folks, I love that. I love it because the word sing there, it's a translation of the Greek word laleo. I always tell you, your Bible, New Testament, was originally written in Koine Greek, translated English, Spanish, French, whatever. That word sing it's a translation. It's been translated from the Greek word, la leo. Everybody say, la leo. Everybody say, la leo. Get this. The word la leo is the word from which we get la la la. Don't you love that? In other words, when you're filled with the Spirit, God will put a la 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 in your heart. 
God will put a song in your heart. God will fill you with joy so that you overflow with a song in your heart. You get the idea in Acts chapter 13, listen to this. And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. In other words, God fills you with joy by filling you with his spirit. By the way, that word joy, that's translated from the, from the Greek word karas. And karas literally means a sustainable happiness. In other words, your happiness is not connected to your circumstances. You know, you're happy when things are up and you're sad when things are down. We all meet people like that. That's the way most people operate. They're happy when things are up. They're sad when things are down. It's called moody. <laughs> you want to know how they are? You got to look at the circumstance. It's like being on a yo-yo. It's like being on a roller coaster. But that's not the way it is with us. God wants not to give you a joy that looks like this, but a joy that tracks more like this, a sustainable joy. You say, well, Rick, if being filled with the Spirit is the way God fills me with joy, how do I become filled with the Spirit? I'll tell you what. Hold that thought for a minute. Hold that question. I promise I'll come back to it. But I want to make sure you, you get the, the, this, the, the point. And that is that skill number one for sustainable happiness is to assume the best about God. To understand that God's will, God's desire, God's passion for you is that he wants you to be happy. God has no desire for you to be sad. And here's why. Write this down to see. Happy Christians are a powerful witness for God. Everybody heads up. Listen, you reflect best on God when you're happy, not when you're miserable, not when you're sad. You see, I don't have to tell you, Satan has been selling this world a lie since he sold it to Adam and Eve. And here's the lie. Satan tries to convince people that if you follow God, you can kiss fun goodbye. If you go with the God thing, this is what he always says to people, you go with that God thing, you follow God, you can kiss happiness, fun, and joy, you can say goodbye to it. And, and most people believe that, which is why most of the people in your world and people in my world stiff arm God. Keep God at a distance. Why? Because they think they let God get too close, he'll take their happiness. What a lie from Satan, because the opposite is actually true. The closer you let God in, the happier you get, right? And when you show people what sustainable happiness looks like, and I'm talking about happiness in the good times and happiness in the bad times, I'm telling you, that is attractional to people. That draws people to God and makes them want to become a follower. So God actually wants you to be happy because you reflect best on him. Now, I got to level with you. Having sustainable happiness is not easy to do in this life. Because this life can deal, deal you out some hard cards, can it? But that being acknowledged, God has given us skills that can keep us happy. And the number one skill is assume the best about God. 
understand that it is God's will for your life for you to be happy. Does that make sense? Get it? Get it? All right, good. Skill number two. Manage your intake. And by that, everybody heads up, monitor what you are intaking into your mind, into your heart, and into your soul. You know, after I finished taking chemotherapy, I took a hard look at what I was intaking into my body in terms of food. And folks, I realized that I was intaking a lot of toxic stuff. Way too much red meat, way too much fried foods, way too much sugar, way too many empty calories, to the point I was filling up on that stuff to the point there was no room for good stuff. (laughs) Folks, just like that, God wants to fill you with the good stuff. He wants to fill your mind with happiness. He wants to fill your mind with joy. He wants to fill your mind with contentment. But you've got to make room for it. For some of you, the reason why you can't experience God's joy is because you're filled, your mind is filled with too much toxic stuff. You've got to manage and monitor what you're intaking. Could I, get, could I get real practical with us? Could I do that? All right, write these down as A and B and C. You need to manage your media intake. You need to manage the news you listen to every night, the TV you watch every night, the radio that you listen to every night. And listen, you need to manage these things. You need to manage these things. Because having these things connected to your mind and to your ears and to your eyes all day long, folks, I'm telling you, it can be too much. I remember when these, these things was simple, this, this a phone, it was simply a way of having a two-way conversation with someone. Now, these things have become an intake funnel into your brain. And for many people, the sheer volume of information the sheer volume of data that they take in, the volume of gossip, the volume of news, the volume of slander, the haters, the fakers, the heartbreakers, the music, the games, sticking your nose into other people's business, they stick their nose into your business. They tell you every time they go to the bathroom, You tell them every time you go to the bathroom, you wait for them to give you the thumbs up or to give you the thumbs down. Listen, it's too much. Everybody say it's too much. Listen, I'm telling you the reason why God can't fill some of you with joy is because there is no room up here. Can I show you a neat trick with these things? There's a button on the side of these things, and if you hold that button, watch this, and slide that. Everybody say, turn it off. 
It's too much. Listen, I'm not hating on your phone. But you need, to, you need to turn it off sometime, especially in the morning, so that you can have time to intake God's Word and His love and His joy and His peace. If you can do that on your phone, your, your quiet time, the Bible on your phone, fine. But if you turn on the Bible and you go, wait a minute, let me check my emails, turn it off and get you a hard copy of the Bible and read it. <laughs> get it? All right, good. Write this down as B. Manage your negative voice intake. Manage your negative voice intake. Let me show you what I mean. Listen to Acts 13. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. I love that, don't you? But I want you to watch what they had to get rid of before they could take in joy and peace in the Holy Spirit. So back up to verse 49. The Bible says, the word of the Lord spread through the whole region. We're like, yay, not so fast, verse 50. But the Jewish leaders incited women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and expelled them from the region. Stop right there. Let me give you the lowdown on these men and women. To begin with, these men and women, they were religious fakers. And they were Jesus haters. And they were saying words to Paul and Barnabas, And they were spreading lies and gossip about Paul and Barnabas. And their goal was to hit them with these hateful words to the point, to the point that they broke their spirit, broke their hearts, and they would shut up talking about Jesus. That's the power of haters and fakers. By the way, have no illusions, you and I will have our fair share of haters and fakers. And they will speak words to you, and they will say things about you, and gossip, and slander, and backbite, and malign you, and ridicule you. And their goal of these haters is to break your heart to the point that you're so broken, and you don't have any joy that you don't feel like talking about Jesus. So what do we do with haters? And fakers and heartbreakers. Can I read to you from, read this passage to you or read this section? Can I read from the TSV? How many of you have the ESV? How many of you use the English Standard Version of the Bible? See your hands. Yeah, can I read from the TSV? This is the Taylor Swift version. Yeah. Here's how it reads in the Taylor Swift version. You can say it with me. Haters gonna hate, hate Hate. Fakers. Say it. Gonna fake, fake, fake. So what do you do with the haters and the fakers and the heartbreakers? What do you do with them? Listen, you do the same thing Paul and Barnabas did and the same thing Taylor Swift said. Verse 51. 
Here's what Paul and Barnabas did. So they shook off the dust from their feet as a warning to them and went to Iconium. Everybody say, shake it off. Say, shake it off. Listen, this, this was graphic. This was, this was an explicit statement. In that culture, when somebody said words to you that were mean and that were hateful and that were designed to break your heart, it was a cultural response, and Jesus taught it. He said, you shake it off. And you literally would look at that person and go, <laughs> meaning what? Meaning your mean and hateful and maligning words are not going to stay stuck to me and tear me to pieces. Amen. Listen to verse 51 again. So they shook off the dust from their feet as a warning to them. It was like saying, you're not going to stick those words on me. Amen. And they went to Iconium. Watch this, the next verse. And then the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Folks, listen. One of the critical skills to staying happy is being able to shake off hateful words. Everybody in here has someone that has said hateful words to them. The skill of staying happy is being able to shake it off. Turn to your neighbor and say, people say hateful words to me. Turn to your neighbor and say that. Turn to your, able, your other neighbor and say, people say hateful words to me. Everybody listen, we all have somebody saying hateful words against us. Nobody's immune to that. The people who are able to stay happy are the ones who can shake it off. You don't carry it with you. You remember when you're high school, you'd see somebody walk up and stick a piece of paper on someone's back that said stupid, and they would walk around? This is saying, shake it off. By the way, by the way, I've got to add this. Some of the most hateful words that can come into your life, listen to this, come from within. They're your own words, your own conscience. And I'm talking about the voice inside of regret that condemns you for your failures, for your regrets. Can I tell you something else? We all have regrets. Turn to your neighbor and say, I got regrets. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I've got regrets. Listen, the key to a happy life is not having regrets. We all have them. The key to sustained happiness is taking those regrets and saying, I'm not taking you with me. I can't change the past. So what do you do? Shake it off. Everybody say, shake it off. That's a skill to saying happy. You cannot carry regret forward. Write this down as C. Manage your what-if intake. Your what-if intake. Now put your thinking caps on. Because God has wired your brain to be able to manage the what-if threats in your world. In fact, you have a part of your brain called the amygdala. Amygdala. I can never get that quite right. The amygdala. And the amygdala is your brain's way of handling a what-if threat, and then what the amygdala does is it will begin to search the data inside of your brain for a solution to that what-if threat so that you're not 
caught off guard. And the what if threat might be, what if I've got cancer? What if I'm dying? What if I go broke? What if I lose the business? What if he leaves me? What if she leaves me? What if I have to stay single? That's the what if threats. But get it, folks. If, if the amygdala in your brain can't find a solution to that what if, the amyg- amyg- amygdala will hijack the rest of your brain, and what it'll start doing is repeating the what if question. You ever had that? It just keeps going. What if? And it searched for a solution. It can't find a solution. It'll come back and go, what if? It searches for the solution. It keeps going, what if? What if? How many of you have ever had that? It will hijack your brain. Let me see your hands. Yeah. Maybe we all experience. This is the way people experience a nervous breakdown. What if? What if? What if? What if? Just drives you crazy. Steals your happiness. But listen, here's what I love. Write this down as one and two. I got to hurry. God gives your brain the answer to the what if question. And here it is, right? It's now number two. Your answer to the what if question is even if. Everybody say even if. Everybody say even if. You remember when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Babylonians were going to throw them into the fire? And Nebuchadnezzar basically gave a what-if threat by saying, what if I throw you into that fire? They responded by saying, even if you throw us into that fire, we're not going to bow to your God. Because even if you throw us in there, our God is faithful. He's never left us. He'll be with us in the fire. Even if we die, we die happy in his arms. When Satan attacked Job, He destroyed Job's kids, killed them, destroyed his job, destroyed his crops, destroyed his business, destroyed his finances. And the question that everybody around Job was asking, that they were asking Job, Job, what if this is not the end of it? What if there's more to come? Job said, even if God slays me, yet will I trust him My God knows the way for me. Even if he slays me, it's okay. I trust God. He will take care of me. I will die in his hands. David, when facing the what if I'm dying question, responded with, yea, though I walk, or even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Folks, that was graphic. That was like David was saying, even if I walk through death valley, and even if I see the angel of death coming towards me, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Even if I lose my Dignity, I can be happy. Even if I'm fed by God with the crumbs from his hands, I will be happy. Even if I die, I die in the arms of God and I will die happy. Even if, what if, even if. Now listen to me, the only way that you can have that 
even if resolve, is for God to fill you with His Spirit. That's the only way you can maintain that. It's like this fountain here. The water just flows up and fills it, and it flows over into the bowls. You've got to be filled. In fact, listen to what Jesus said in John 6. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the the Spirit. So with that in mind, skill number three, write it down. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Listen to verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine. Instead, be what? Filled with the Spirit. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, what the heck does that mean? Be filled with the Spirit. That seems so abstract. That seems so ethereal, so nebulous. Well, listen, we find out what it means, again, by looking at the effects of being filled with the Spirit. So verse 18 says, be filled with the Spirit. Verse 19 gives us the the effect of it. It says, what's the first word? Singing to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make. The first effect of being Spirit-filled is it puts a song in your heart. Verse 20, always giving what? Thanks. The second effect is it puts thankfulness in your heart. Verse 21, what's the next word? Submit. Let me turn them around. I forgot to do this last time. (laughs) Submit. Being Spirit-filled makes you have a submissive heart. So what are the effects of being filled with the Spirit? First, it puts a song in your heart, makes your heart grateful, and it makes you submissive to other people. Them first, not you. Now, I want you to listen to an almost identical passage of Scripture from Colossians 3.16. Here's what it says. It says, it doesn't say be filled with the Spirit. It says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Now, watch the effects of letting the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Watch this. Through psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit, what's the first effect of letting the Word of Christ dwell in you? Yeah, it puts a song in your heart. Verse 20, always giving thanks. Makes you have a thankful heart. Verse 21, what's the next word? Submit to one another. Folks, I love it. This is actually verse 18. I love it. Because being filled with the Spirit puts a song in your heart, makes you thankful, makes you submissive. Colossians 3 says, letting the Word of Christ dwell in you richly produces the same effect. Song in your heart, thankful heart, and a submissive heart. You say, well, meaning what? Meaning write this down as A and B. Being filled with the Spirit and filled with the Word of God are the same. In other words, the way God fills you with His Spirit is by filling you with His Word. In fact, write this down as, as B. A little technical here, but this will help. The word filled, be filled with the Spirit, it also means to be controlled. Everybody heads up. Every time you see that word filled, it's a translation of the Greek word plerao, And plerao doesn't just mean to be filled up, it means to be controlled. 
For example, plerao is used in ancient Greek of wind filling the sails of a ship. You ever seen that happen? It goes like that. And then the pilot of the ship can leverage that wind to control the ship. Folks, just like that, when you take in God's word, it's like the word of God fills you up from within. And then the Holy Spirit within is able to leverage the word of God and to control you and to fill you with happiness, to fill you with joy, to fill you with peace. You see, folks, it's not just what you don't take in, it's what you do take in, right? You see, if the last time you read a verse of Scripture was the last time we put one on the screen at Christ Fellowship, you will never stay happy. That's like walking around uninflated all the time. But if you will fill yourself with God's Word, God will control your happiness. He will enable you to assume the best about Him. He will help you to manage your intake. And He will help you to face the what-ifs with even if. One more skill, number three. Skill number four. Overflow your joy. Overflow your joy. Verse 18. Do not get drunk with wine. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Now watch what happens after that, verse 19. Singing to one another. Translation. As God fills you with his joy and with his happiness and his peace, God wants you to let that to overflow to people around you. You see, folks, God has a law of reciprocity. And God's law of reciprocity is this. As God fills you up with his joy and with his happiness, God's law of reciprocity says that if you let that overflow to others, you overflow with your love, with your generosity, your peace, and your happiness. God says, if you let that overflow, God says, I'll keep happiness coming. I'll just keep. It's like this fountain. You know, this fountain, the bowl fills up, and it gets fuller and fuller and filled and filled until it begins to what? Overflow. But it's okay because there's a constant source of water coming up. And, and you don't have to splash the water out. Let me splash some out. It just, as it fills up, it just naturally overflows. What an image of what God wants to do with us. God says, I want to fill you with joy. I want to fill you with happiness. I want to fill you with fun. I want to fill you with peace. I want to fill you with gratitude and generosity. And God says, I don't want you to keep that to yourself. I want you to let it overflow because the world needs it, don't they? They need to see the overflow of God's love, and they need to know that overflow is coming from God so that you can guide them to God. Don't keep it to yourself. You want to be happy? Keep it going out, and God will keep it coming in. You know, it's interesting. I, I like to walk at Coral Reef Park, the big trail over there, and I walk it a lot. And when I pass people walking, I, I, don't, and I don't have to splash it out. I just smile. I just comes out and like, hey, how are you today? So good to see you. Well, this past week, I was walking, and I was coming toward this couple. And as I'm coming toward them, I smiled, and I said, hey, how are you today? And folks, the two of them looked at me like I was the most ignoramus person in the world, which made me feel like the most 
ignoramus person in the world. But it was like God said to me, no, 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 you just, you, there's more where that came from, Rick. You smile at the next person who comes along. And folks, I did. The next couple, there's a couple coming toward me. I smiled at them and they were like, Pastor Blackwood, we come to Christ Fellowship. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) But folks, four skills for staying happy. Skill number one, assume the best about God. He wants you to be happy. Skill number two, manage your intake. Skill number three, Be filled with the Word of God so that God's Spirit can control your joy and your happiness. And then skill number four, don't keep it inside. Let it overflow to a needy world. Four skills. Everybody say skills. It's not a a giftedness. It's a skill. Everybody say skill. skill. Yeah, I want to close with this. How many of you saw the movie Taken? Yeah, you remember the scene where Liam Neeson is talking to the guy who abducted his daughter? He's talking to the guy on the phone. And he says to the guy, this is what he says. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. But if it's money you want, I can tell you I don't have any. But what I do have are a special set of skills. Skills that I've learned over a long career. Skills that make people like me a nightmare to people like, tell you what, I'm blowing it. Let's take a look. Yeah, I'm taking a look. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. I love it, love it. Hey, everybody, let's stand together. Listen, God has passed on to us skills for happiness, skills that make us happy even when times are rough, skills that are a light to the world around us, and skills of happiness that make us a nightmare to Satan. Listen, let's overflow to the world. Let's overflow our joy. Let's overflow our peace. And let's let our skills be a nightmare to the gates of hell. Amen, Christ Fellowship. Well, listen, let me pray for us at all of our campuses. And then I'm going to ask our campus pastors to come forward. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that we are not clueless when it comes to happiness. God, we don't have to be born happy. You have given us skills that we can learn. Skills that can make us happy even when times are hard. Skills that will draw the lost world to you. And Lord, skills of happiness that can destroy the stronghold of Satan on our cities. God, may we leave this place today. May we leave our campuses with a resolve to be happy knowing 
and it is your will for us to be so. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for loving us like you, you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. I'm going to ask our campus pastors to come forward now. I love you all. Christ Fellowship, God bless you. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know at cfmemmy.org slash connect and filling out a connection card. We want to thank you so much for joining us. We love you and God bless.